Support for Always Sunny and Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you precision-engineered tools for your grooming experience. So Manscaped was kind enough to hook us up with their best-selling product, the Lawnmower 3.0, and no joke, you guys, this thing's slick. Uh, I'm not going to do an ad read for a company that I don't believe in personally, and I'm here to tell you that if you have any shaving needs for any hair on your body, this takes care of it. Uh, it's a great little, great little buzzer, great product. I'm a super hairy guy, and if I'm going to recommend a product on the show, it's going to be something that actually impresses me, and so consider me impressed. Here are the deets straight from the Manscaped ad copy. Their third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, which is pretty cool. Something that I haven't seen a lot of the razors and the LED light, um, it's built in right on the front of it and illuminates whatever you're shaving. So it's a great product. I'm a huge fan. Get 20% off and free shipping on your whole entire order if you use the promo code SUNNYNKC on the manscaped.com website. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use SUNNYNKC. And honestly, we need you guys to use this code to secure our deal with Manscaped long term. So please use the code. Let Austin and I know about it. We'll shout you out on the podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Talking a little baseball. Talking some baseball. 60 games. Baseball. What's your first thought about 60 games? Well, uh, I mean, it's better than no games, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. They finally pulled their heads out of their butts, and yeah. they're going to have a baseball season, which is good. I mean, it's uh, it's almost July. Uh, it's kind of a bummer for baseball because, you know, ever since the, the Royals peaked and then went back into their valley – you know, it's been the Pat show. Hard peak, hard valley. Hard peak, hard valley. That's that's how the Royals roll. <laughs> and this would be, you know, right around the time, the end of June. I mean, we're past OTAs. We didn't do OTAs this year. So no, no secret OTA footage. But I mean, training camp, assuming it starts on time, is in a month. And I think their opening day, it's like July, July 24th, 24th a right? That's a month from today. And that's going to be right around when NFL teams start reporting for training camp. So like, I mean, so, I mean, you and I have very similar Royals, um, passion, I guess, fandom. And it was extremely, we were as into it as anyone we knew while it was hot. It's any person really has from, ever been really from 2003 through 2015. I mean, it was, yep. it was all we talked about. It was all we, it was everything. And then now are you at, like me and more interested in training camp than a, a royal season at this point oh i mean for sure like a million percent right the only thing that could pull me back in would be the fact that it's only 60 games means that some crazy stuff is gonna yes. happen and crazy so you know the royals, yeah some crazy shit <laughs> uh the royals could you know they could pull like a 2003 we're just sure. talking about tony pena's royals and they could start off you know 14 and 3 or whatever and then that's mm -hmm. a third of the season yeah <laughs> they could just coast to you know uh AL Central title and who knows what who and knows the, what the AL Central is kind of crappy too so like yeah it's pretty bad you know all bets are off they have some young pitching prospects that if they really took a step forward I mean in general like if the Royals are in contention in through you know close to the 60 games or whatever like you and I will be will be in every game like that's of course how that works but at the same time right now with the Royals being a month away and the Chiefs being a month away kind of for all intents and purposes like I'm I'm 
as everyone who's listening probably is fully in on the chiefs right now. It's, it's kind of, like you said, they kind of sapped the off season, like the, the baseball off season or the baseball regular season starts off and we have nothing else to do. We have no football, yep. you know, like we're, it's we're after like, March right, madness. Give us, yeah. It's, like give us some baseball before the NBA playoffs and neither of us are huge NBA fans. You know, it's, it's going to be the, weird to see full playoffs. season numbers of like, 18 home runs to lead the league or whatever. Like what, you know, I mean, it's going to be very strange stats and probably some really normal bad teams that are going to sneak in and do some damage. And I don't know, it's going to be weird. It's kind of going to be like the NBA. The NBA is going to be pretty weird too. I mean, we're not NBA guys, yeah, but that's bizarre. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird because they started and stopped and it's been yeah. three months since they played and then they're going to come back. And, and, and they're not all coming back. Some of the guys are not all coming out back and, and they're all playing in the same arena. They're playing in a biodome. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit uh, disappointed that baseball isn't doing like an Arizona yeah. biodome thing. They talked now, about Arizona, it. They're doing, they're doing some hard COVID right like now. It's like the opposite of a biodome right now. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah, yeah. Be... It's it's like being sealed in with a petri dish <laughs> yeah. filled with COVID nineteen right. right now. Right. Not not the place where you want to do the biodome, but no. it would have been fun because man, Arizona in the summer would have been hilarious. The numbers like they would be there'd be people bopping like five six home runs a game. Well, and would they have all played it at the spring training parks? Yeah, I assume. I, I mean, assume, I assume that's what I mean, they that's kind of that was yeah, the whole had, setup. And those parks are weird and small. I mean, it would have been, it would have been wild. Yeah, they're a band box in February when they do spring training there. Like, just right. imagine in July and August, that would be hilarious. It would have been really funny. I mean, it's still going to be, it's going to be, you know, one of the things that still brings me a lot of pleasure, Taylor, as far as baseball is concerned, is I still am very into just the all the data and all yeah. of the all yeah. of the statistics and the history and having a 60 game season I'm kind of into that because it's weird and it's different and like I I don't know I just like weird different stuff you know it'll be it'll be a fun little trivia piece for all time so well, you know and think about like starting pitchers are going to have 12 starts to their full season or whatever sure. at most so we we could see like someone go out there and have like a one ERA throughout the whole year just because of the smaller sample size. And it, it's Well, you know, this would also be the perfect time to implement the greatest Ooh. strategy of all time. Ooh, go, go ahead and uh, inform our listeners what that juiciness is all about. Yeah. Before Taylor and I were football podcasters, we were just, you know, roommates who thought about baseball a lot. And a lot. Uh, it turns out that starting pitching is dumb. That's about all I can say about it. Times through the order penalty. Maybe you're familiar with it. Pitchers get worse the more times they go through the order. Factually. It turns out that this is true for pretty much every single pitcher. And the only reason that elite starters are elite is because they get less bad. You know, they're, they're less bad the second and third time through than your average, your below average starting pitchers. Turns out the first time through the order, like every pitcher is pretty good. Like almost every single pitcher, like even your your bad pitchers are pretty good. So and like the same as relief pitchers too. They're all yeah, yeah. Just they're all the everyone same. the first time through the order is pretty good, and that's why relief pitchers tend to have pretty good numbers is because they only come in and face the order one time. Now we crunched the numbers on this way back in the day. I, I can remember coming home from work and I was listening to Steve Fiziak or some bozo talk about, you know, the Rays spot starter for that day. It's like, Oh, he's pretty good the first time through the order. And then he's not that good after that. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I've heard this a thousand times. And so I did some, nu- some digging and crunched some numbers. You came up with some dope spreadsheets. Um, it's a million dollar baseball idea. Now then the Rays kind of started to do it, but I'm telling you, Taylor, they don't do it enough. They need to follow through. 
they just did the opener, which is yeah. is similar, but they still let the opener face more batters than he should have, and then they still brought in another guy after the opener and let him go through the order three times. It was, it was like they had the right idea, but they needed us in charge. Well, Taylor, we're sponsored by Sports Illustrated. We did pick up a permanent sponsorship from Manscaped. Thank you to everybody who contributed there. Continue to use our code for that. We're on the path to someday own a franchise implement our strategy, win a championship. Welcome in, everybody. It is June 24th when we're recording this. It's another episode of It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. There is still not very much going on in football, which is why you heard us talk about baseball, but we do have some football content for you. The rest of the show, we are going to be talking about Week 17, Chargers at Chiefs, the regular season finale. I'm calling both games, Taylor. Yeah, we're also going to be talking about uh, New England and Miami. We're talking about New England and Miami, the other game of the both games. We got a little bit of news, and I guess we'll start with that. Um, First off, we heard officially where training camp is going to be at this year. Yeah, it's going to be at one Arrowhead Drive, which uh, the NFL had – you know, told all the teams, we're going to go ahead and implement a policy where no one travels, everyone stays home for training camp, and the Chiefs begged and pleaded with NFL, and they said, we've got a, you know, a whole setup there, can we go ahead and go there anyway? And the NFL was like, nah, nah, you got to stay home. They, I guess, I don't know what their their logic was, other than they kind of said, every team has to be at home, so Chiefs, sorry, we cannot grant you an exception. It's kind of interesting that the Chiefs were so hot to go up St. Joe's still. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they... It might be partly some, you know, um, loyalty that they have with St. Joe, some, you know, relationships that they don't want to fray, which I know St. Joe, obviously, whoever would be upset about that knows the situation. But, um, yeah, I don't really know why the Chiefs couldn't have just decided to stay, but they're staying. So either way, it's going to be at Arrowhead. It's going to be at Arrowhead, and pretty soon, hopefully in about a month, we're going to be getting training camp updates. We're going to have something to talk about every day. We're going to see video. I think it'll actually be kind of fun, just as we were riffing on baseball. You know, I'm just kind of into, you know, I just like, uh, I like it when things are a little bit different, you know, when they kind of switch (laughs) Get real weird with it. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fun to kind of see the guys out on the field. We'll get to see them on the field at Arrowhead a month. I think it'll be the practice facility. Well, I'm sure it will be the practice facility, Taylor, but we'll get to see them at the parking lot. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. it is what it is. You think uh, fans so are going to go? And I, I'm and sure that away? they will. I'm sure that they will not be allowed yeah. to go. But hey, you got something going on at Arrowhead. There's going to be some crazy fans there, right? Like yeah. they're going to have to call in the National Guard. Yeah. Set up a perimeter to keep people out, right? Like if I mean, they're not they're, all preoccupied. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Another little bit of news. We've got our man, Patrick Mahomes, teaming up with LeBron James, just something that we thought was noteworthy and we 
we'd sprinkle in here. So he came out in support of LeBron's more than a vote initiative, which is, uh, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it's, uh, I guess LeBron's been doing this for a while now. It focuses uh, on voter registration and that kind of whole awareness of that process and specifically uh, for African-Americans. So Patrick Mahomes announced that he was getting in on that. Um, I'm sure there will probably will be some, some content going forward as we get a little bit closer to that time of year in November when that's going on. So it was just kind of cool. I don't, I don't know, kind of just give me your, give me your thoughts, Taylor. Well, they, it's more than, you know, celebrities in general have got gotten out the vote since, you know, since voting began, since celebrities began. And this is a little bit different. It's not just, please go vote. Um, LeBron said that they're going to be giving um, background of how to vote, you know, tutorials and just, um, they're going to also educate about the other side, about um, how certain politicians whose affiliation will go unnamed uh, try and prevent people from voting. And so they're really just trying to educate about the, the process of voting. And it's not just, hey, go vote. Come on, I'm LeBron James. Go vote. Like, that's, that's kind of how it's always been. This is like an actual program designed to, you know, educate the voters and let them know. What a novel idea. It's a great idea. And it's something that... You know, LeBron, he he takes a lot of flack for, you know, living up or not living up to Michael Jordan's expect or, you know, the, the level of goatness that he set. And everyone always argues MJ or LeBron. And I think it kind of gets LeBron some some haters that he otherwise, um, you know, wouldn't have to deal with. And I just think that the guy's great and that he has a lot of really great, awesome ideas and he uses his platform extremely well. And, um, you know, he's, uh, yeah. he's a good dude. You know, down with the boomer celebrities that are just doing these dumb videos that say go vote and up with the millennial and zoomer celebrities who are saying like, here's how you vote. And here are the issues that you need to be aware of. And I I just like it's I said jokingly, it's a novel concept, but like good for them for, you know, going the extra step and really providing some education. Um, I mean, God knows our country needs some education right now. A lot. So we're, uh, we're very uh, glad to see Pat involved with that. And it's just cool. Like it's cool to see Patrick Mahomes teaming up with LeBron. We've obviously been, it's kind of a running theme of this show every single episode talking about Pat and just his, his sphere of influence, his uh, level of celebrity. And I mean, when you're talking about the athletic world, there's not really anybody bigger than LeBron, right? No. And there probably aren't a lot of people that would get LeBron pretty fired up to meet. And I bet you Pat's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he was there uh, last off season, right? Like didn't yeah. he take the Lakers game and yep. saw him, you know, hanging out with LeBron on, you know, courtside and just, I, I mean, yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, LeBron's a big football fan, obviously too. Um, and you know, you know, when you reach that level, um, which of course we'll never attain, never attain or hope to attain, but but you know game recognized game right mm-hmm. for for lack of a better phrase for it and you know when you've got somebody at the top of their profession yeah I mean I I, I imagine if I were you know if I were in LeBron's shoes and certainly if I were in Pat's shoes I mean obviously he's a big he's a big basketball fan and LeBron's yep. a big basketball fan vice versa um, yeah I mean it's just cool to see them hanging out and doing something positive um, to hopefully uh, impact the vote in November. So before we get into our game, we're going to, we're going to switch up the order. We're going to talk about our game at the end and that'll kind of let us wrap up the whole regular season, do our recap of the game. 
But we do have, before we get into that, a mailbag question. Taylor, you want to read that off for us? Yeah, sure. So Tyler Lansdowne reached out to us. Hi, Tyler. Um, he wanted to know our least favorite non-AFC West, non-New England Patriots football teams. So Oof. That, that eliminates the four easy ones. I mean, that would have been our, our top four in some order. And, yeah, for sure. And then after that, we're going, you know, five through 31 with the rest of them. And I, uh, I had one thought immediately when he said this, and I don't know if they're necessarily my absolute least favorite, but I tell you what, man. I don't really like the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. I don't like their fans. I don't like the team. I don't like a lot of what's transpired with the organization. They're just, there, there's something about the whole America's team moniker that like Mm -hmm. no one outside of Dallas (laughs) likes the Cowboys. So I don't understand America's team and they're not. And, and I don't like Troy Aikman. I don't think he was a very good quarterback. I don't really enjoy him in the broadcast booth and our boss, I, Josh Briscoe, will love us uh, carrying on his legacy. Well, of course. He's marching Troy not, Aikman. He's just not good. He just wasn't – he's a, he's an esque in his, in his badness. And, you know, I have nothing against Emmett Smith, and I do kind of like Michael Irvin, but pretty much everyone else from the Cowboys can go sit and spin. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, it's interesting that the Cowboys were kind of your gut reaction. I will tell you, when I was exploring this question, I, I literally, I, I checked the four off that we're not allowed to use. And I was like, you know what? I <laughs> like, I'm going to go look at a list of football teams. Cause like, I just, you know, uh, it's kind of like, uh, when the gang is uh, reigniting the rivalry, you know, you kind of try to get the, get the fire going, you know, yeah. re- reignite the rivalry. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I really don't have strong feelings about a lot of teams in the NFC. I totally get the Dallas thing. Um, Obviously, any team that's going to have, you know, a lot of the the America's team thing, exactly like you said it, that's going to grate on people. And it does grate on people. I, I've never had a huge problem with it, maybe because the Cowboys are an NFC team and they have not had a lot of success. I mean, the familiarity breeds contempt, Taylor familiarity breeds contempt that's why i hate the patriots that's why i hate the broncos the yeah. chargers and the raiders sure. now, those last three teams they haven't done dick the last <laughs> several years and i still hate them because we play them all the time and they're garbage and their fans are garbage and you know i i get the the whole nfc east i guess if i was just gonna if i was gonna pick something from the nfc it would definitely be the division of the nfc east <laughs> it's not so much one team but Every single fan base in the NFC East, they all think that they're God's gift to football. You think? And you think Redskins yeah, fans think they're God's gift to football? You know, I think they don't, <laughs> but I think they did at one point think that the Redskins sure. used to be really good. You know, back in the early '90s. I mean, just before the Cowboys kind of started their little run, and you know, obviously the Eagles finally won a Super Bowl, but like the whole interplay between all those fans, I just find very, I just find very. Well, can I, can I say a quick story about a Cowboys fan, which is yes. the reason Go that for it. I think it's, I think it's deep down the reason I picked them over everything else. So I'm in Vegas. I've got a parlay bet down. I have a kind Uh-oh. of a moonshot six team parlay and six game parlay. And I put 50 bucks down to win 2,200. And I hit the first five legs on Sunday, the noon games and the three o'clock or the, all the noon games, the first five were all noon games and I hit them all. So I'm just waiting around for chiefs at Cowboys for the three o'clock game. And if the chiefs cover and they were, I believe three point dogs, 
And if they cover, I win 2200 bucks. So I'm, I'm fired up. Yeah. And it's a good it's, chunk of change. It's me and a couple family members as the chiefs fans watching and one Cowboys fan. And this dude is the most obnoxious. He, he keeps prancing around the, the big board that we're watching the game on going Sundays for the boys, Sundays <laughs> for the boys guys. And you know, the cow, the Cowboys score and he, runs up in our faces because we're wearing Chiefs gear and stuff. And then Alex Smith hits Tyreek Hill for the Hill Mary. Ah, the Hill Mary game. Sure. The Hill Mary game. So the Chiefs cut the lead from uh, 14-3 to 14-10 before halftime. And I'm giving it to him twice as hard as he did throughout the whole first half. I'm running up mm, to him going, ouch. I thought Sundays were for the boys, huh? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, just trying to, trying to get under his skin. And then, of course, Alex Smith and the Chiefs, do not do much in the second half and the Cowboys. That was the last time the chiefs were defeated by more than a touchdown. Was that um, yeah. Hill Mary game? They lost by 10 and uh, he let me have it. And, and I get it, you know, as team one and I, we were, we were going back and forth, but that's kind of my, under my skin. I will, I will probably hate the Cowboys for the rest of my days because of that. Well, that's a bad beat. It was. Yeah, lost twenty two hundred bucks on the yeah yeah. Completely understandable why you would feel a lot of animosity towards the Cowboys. I so pick your team. I don't know. I mean, I I I want to say in the I well I want to pick an AFC team, right? I like I said the NFC doesn't the NFC doesn't really move me. So for me, it's a close call between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Interesting. I went in another division for the two that I would have thought of. Uh, is it the South? It is the South. Yes. Okay, good. It, it well, we can get to we can get to your picks in a minute. I, sure. I mean, the okay. Baltimore part of it is simple. Baltimore is good, and Baltimore. Yeah. I will say over over the course of 2019, Baltimore jumped way up in yeah. my most hated yeah, teams. They weren't even on your radar before last because year. they were good. And I just I'm going to be honest with you, Taylor. I get very annoyed when anyone says nice things about anybody but the Chiefs. Yeah. All right. And we had to put up with it for a whole year with Lamar. And listen, Lamar is great. He had a great year. Uh, he won the MVP unanimously, as Ravens fans love to remind us. Okay. G- get over yourselves. Like, just, yeah, you know, playoff game. win a playoff game first. It just uh, – it, that gets very annoying. Now, the Steelers, this is kind of an oldie but a goodie, right? Like, I, I used to have a lot more animosity, obviously. For the yeah. Uh, now they are no longer good. So I don't have to worry as much about them anymore, but they just have a lot of very grating personalities on that team. Starting with, of course, Ben, who I find to be very uh, unsavory, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. And Steven Nelson, who just uh-huh. has made a total fool of himself ever since leaving Kansas City, you know, from the time that he tweeted, best team I've ever been on, no cap, mm-hmm. a team that went eight and eight and started Duck Hodges at quarterback. And his old team won the Super Bowl. And his whole team won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty bad look. Uh, that yeah. kind of got me got me riled up a little bit. So I, between those two, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of at the top of my list. I'm curious to hear what your reasons are for the FC South. I, I can guess, but uh, playoff lay it reasons. On me. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that sure. you know, between the Titans and the Colts, that's like. Yeah the two worst feelings I've had as a Chiefs fan is those two, well, the Colts a couple times. And then, yeah, the Colts several times, the Colts then, several yeah. times and the Titans are, is the worst one. And, or maybe the Colts was the, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, it's hard to I, pick, you know, the wild card collapse against the Colts was 
just yeah and the titans game was depressing it was not really shocking at that point it was the last you know the last hurrah of the old chiefs and it was just yeah, I mean, as soon as Marcus Mariota caught his own touchdown, we knew what was going to happen. Well, and we were at the game, and it was freezing, and and we had the <laughs> halftime lead. And, I mean, there's a million reasons. Patrick Mahomes it. was standing on the sideline. Exactly, exactly. As we blew an 18-point lead in the second half. Yep, yep. Yeah, And it, it just – Titans fans have kind of gotten under my skin with the whole Marcus Mariota obsession <laughs> that they had recently and then, you know, conveniently completely forgot about him when the team – got rid of him, but um, they're just, I never thought that they were as good as their fans talk about that team. I mean, obviously they haven't really, you know, their AFC championship game was nice, but uh, you know, do something important. And then the Colts, I don't even need to, you know, they, they have the number one pick and they pick Peyton Manning. And then when he finally leaves, they have the number one pick and they pick Andrew Luck and I just get out of here. Just and they won one Super Bowl with those two guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's not like they really major but, cashed in, but. They but that was they they certainly success. enjoyed a lot of success against us too, right? right. Like yeah. it's it was pretty hard for us to be like, oh, you only won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning when yep. we had none yep. with our collection of you know our rotating cast of cast off quarterbacks. Sixteen for the no punt game that one hurt really bad. Yeah, um, you know I like Peyton Manning a lot, but I sure didn't like him as a Colt or as a Bronco. I like him as a dude. Yeah, but like sure. He he's a great quarterback. Very fun to watch. Shredded us. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, yeah. Old five head. Well, let's see. Is there anybody else in here that we need to talk about that really kind of jumps out? I mean, I don't know. Tampa's got Tom Brady now. Does that, yeah, does that do I don't care at all you? about Tampa. In fact, I kind of uh, like Tampa. Um, yeah, they me were my too, team actually. in 2002 when they had the awesome Tampa two defense. I was a huge fan of that team and they beat the Raiders. John, the old John Gruden. You, you were, uh, I was, I was a huge fan of John Gruden's Tampa Bay bucks. Sure. Why not? I'll throw one. I'll throw one more at you before we move on to our, our grand finale, which is week 17. The Niners. It's not the Niners. It's actually the Lions. And oh, interesting. This, I yeah. love the Lions. Yeah. So here's 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 the thing. Um, I'll tell you this is this is a thing that I don't know what it is about me psychologically that sort of disposes me to be this way. I actually really have a lot of contempt for teams that are always bad. What? Um, yeah, okay. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're <laughs> learning. Strange. You're learning new things about me. Here, here we are, best friends, doing our podcast together. <laughs> yeah, and, and I had no idea. So, <laughs> so I think this actually started with the Chicago Cubs, right? Like, and uh, I used to really hate the Cubs, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because they played in the National League and they hadn't won the World Series in a hundred years, and they didn't do anything against the Royals, and they didn't do anything against the Royals. It was just like, I, and they played in the same division as the Cardinals, which I know we probably have some Cardinals fans listeners now that you're part of our kingdom. I do not like the Cardinals very much, but that diplomatically, <laughs> they shared a division with the Astros uh, until the Astros moved back to the AL. And I was kind of a little bit of an Astros fan in college. Cause I went to college in San Antonio. They were kind of my second team, but yeah, I mean, it just is like, it, win a world series. Like it's not that hard, you know, just, just be not terrible all the time. Right. And the lions, the lions are a pit of despair <laughs> and I, I just like, I don't know. I just have a lot of, I, I just will never, I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I just like do something good, you know, prove that you belong in the national football league. It, it just is, you know, I, I'm not into it. 
Well, I find that hilarious. The Lions have two <laughs> of my all-time favorite players in Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. And sure. I, and I, what do they do with those guys? Nothing. That's, I that's mean, what's frustrating about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. They but wasted, is it frustrating? They, I mean, you wasted two of the best players to ever play the game of football. Yeah, that, they never that, stood in the Chiefs' way of winning anything. I mean, I don't know. I, I know, but that's uh, that's a really, really funny. <laughs> Really funny take. Sure, it's it's, sure a it's a fringe. It's a fringe take. It's a fringe take. It hates bad teams. <laughs> it's just a great. It's just funny. Funny stuff. Well, Taylor, uh, thank you, Tyler, for for that yeah, question. Um, Always feel free to shout us out. Um, you know, DM us and and ask us your mailbag questions. We don't always have a mailbag thread on Twitter every week, but we are always taking questions. DMs are always open. And to that end, Taylor, before we get into our week 17 recap, I did want to point out we are we are sort of putting together our listener all-stars. We've we keep calling it all juice because we we steal from Therese, but we have a name for it. We do. Birds of War. Ah. <laughs> I just I love that name. So we're <laughs> gonna put together a little all-listener team. You're going to be called the Birds of War. We're working on that. So if you want to slide into our DMs, you know, we got some people picked out, but we still got some open slots. So we'll shout you guys out on the next episode. Probably we'll put that on there. Um, and yeah, you know, every time we interact with people in, in, you know, the mailbag or something, and we consider you a bird of war, we will say our next question is from bird of war blank or something like, you know, I mean, we, we, we know our listeners. We know the, the people that have been there with war. us the whole time. Stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap. We are, we're, we're into it. All right, let's talk about week 17. So this was the regular season finale. Chiefs Chargers, and coming into this game, of course, everybody knew the stakes. The Chiefs needed to win the game, and the Patriots needed to lose at home to the Miami Dolphins. And if those two things did not happen, the Chiefs were going to be locked in as the three seed. Only if those two things happened did the Chiefs have a chance of getting a bye. So those were the stakes. And before we get into the game, I just want to, I mean, like, what were your what were your thoughts going into this game, Taylor? Well, we had seen the Patriots uh, stumble for a couple weeks when they lost to the Texans and they lost to the chiefs and they, you know, they, they kind of looked mortal. And then they had that big home game against the bills the week before. And I thought, this is it. If the, if the Patriots pull this one off, we're locked in, we're locked out of the bye. And then they did pull that game off. And I kind of had mentally prepped as to be the three seed for going into this game for the full week. I, I had just figured, you know, we probably have got the Chargers. The Chargers were five and ten going into the game, and we always had their number. And I wasn't, I wasn't at all concerned about a home game against the Chargers. It was just the inevitability of of New England hosting Miami was just there. There, I just didn't allow myself to dream really that much, kind of until kickoff, because the Dolphins were four and eleven, and the the Patriots were obviously the Patriots, and it dominated everything. And I just kind of. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't opti- I, I won't even say I wasn't optimistic. I didn't even really consider it as a possibility at first. I will say. I mean, I will take it even a step further. And I think I'd have to go back and check my tweets. I'm pretty sure I advocated the Chiefs just resting their starters in this game. Sure. The Texans actually did that in Week 17. They were locked into. I actually don't know that their seating was completely locked. I think they were between the four and the five. Um, I think there was still a possibility that they could, you know, they had a home game 
locked in. I as think they... we had to lose. Yeah, I think and that if is we right. lost, then they would have by defeating uh, Tennessee that week, they would have jumped us. But they decided to sit people. I mean, not necessarily the whole game, but they definitely rested a lot of their starters in week 17. And I'll tell you, I, I was so sure that this was not going to happen that I openly advocated. And of course I take it all back. It's fine. Go find my tweets at freezing cold takes, whatever you need to do. Uh, I, I advocated for the chiefs to rest their starters because, you know, if you're not going to get the buy, you might as well Make one. get some rest, right? You might as well manufacture one. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I was at going into it. And, you know, as this game started out, uh, the Chiefs took a 10 to 7 lead in a halftime. And as was the case the last time we played the Chargers and pretty much every time we played a vision game, I just was not worried about the outcome of our game at all. At not what at point – did you, I mean, you said a kickoff, you started to let yourself dream a little bit, but kind of take me through, you know, the second half Chiefs or the Patriots Dolphins game. Well, so the first quarter ended with the Dolphins holding a three to nothing lead. And that was when I kind of was like, Oh Hell yeah, this is okay. going to happen. Yeah. This is three to nothing, baby. Well, and then the second quarter started and there was this amazing pick six that the Dolphins had on Brady to go up 10 to nothing. And so we're watching the game and the Chiefs, hit D-Rob late, about two minutes left in the first half to take the lead because with two minutes to go at half or in the first half, the Chargers were up 7-3. to three. So then I was kind of like, well, screw the Patriots. We got we to gotta try and win this game. And then, right. then we jumped a little bit ahead, and the Dolphins had been keeping the Patriots at bay. And really, this Patriots team last year, it was about the defense more than the offense. And so just – just 10 points on the board for the Dolphins. And I was like, okay, they've, they've at least shown that they're not going to get shut out. They're going to be able to kind of, you know, hang with old ass Tom Brady and the Patriots and maybe they can do this thing. So I was, I was basically watching both games at the point of halftime for both where it was 10 to 10 Miami and new England. And it was uh, 10 to the seven chiefs over chargers. The Patriots were 17 and a half point favorites in this yeah. game, Jesus. which is outrageous to yeah. think about i mean i mean it's not because it's patriots at home against the dolphins but well, yeah still but but that is a huge line and huge. this was a patriots team that was shaky in the second half frankly i mean the first time they played the dolphins this year in miami it was 43 to nothing yeah okay like it was and bill belichick was still running zero blitzes cover zero blitzes the on antonio the last brown play game. of the game it was the antonio brown game the singular the game. Game, the game the game that antonio brown played with the patriots just i mean but you're right it's one of those dumb things about being a fan right that like we're both rational people and we understand probabilities and we understand odds. And we understand that the dolphins are not very likely to beat the Patriots, even if they're up 10 to nothing in the first half, we understand that they're not very likely to win the game when they're tied, you know, in the third quarter, but you just, that part of your brain, that's like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, the fan part of your brain takes over and like you, you know, I was trying to watch both games. I was streaming the game here in Colorado so what I was doing towards the end, getting into the fourth quarter, was I was just up, and I had the little ESPN GameCast on my phone, 
And I was just literally walking in circles in my living room, just hitting refresh, 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 refresh. And of course, like checking over to Twitter too and refresh, 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 you know, mm-hmm. so I could get it up to the instant. My, my streaming, you know, wasn't, it wasn't live. I had to have it live. Like the second anything important happened in that game, you know, I had to have it. Yeah, it was, this was insane. This was the Ryan Fitzpatrick led Dolphins driving on the number one defense in football. And one of the best defenses we've seen in ages. I mean, that, that defense was now they played a lot of horrible quarterbacks, but they did, they were still extremely talented. And, you know, Brady hits a touchdown to James White with, four minutes to go and you know that puts them um that was the last time the Patriots scored so that was 24 17 and that was four minutes left in the game and you just thought and actually it was oh it was 24 20 because the Dolphins hit the seven points to walk off so uh yeah and you just figure well you know four minutes the the Dolphins have four minutes here and then they just they just kind of Tom Brady'd them with four minutes to go. They dinked and dunked their way down the field, which is hilarious, but it was 10 yards and nine yards and five yards and, and five yards and seven yards and eight yards and four yards. I'm reading the play by play right here. And then a five yard touchdown. I mean, it was just dinking and dunking Devonte Parker ate up Stefan Gilmore in this game. Absolutely. Just shredded him all game, which was crazy, but I mean, Devonte Parker's good, but. Yeah, it was a 13-play drive, a 13-play, <laughs> three-and-a-half-minute, 75-yard yeah. touchdown drive. 13 plays to go 75 yards. And it's so uncharacteristic, too, because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like, yep. he's he's pretty carefree with yeah. the ball. Yeah, he, he chucks it, and he turns it over, and he just, like, for one drive, <laughs> he turned into this surgical badass who's, you know, checking it down and taking what the defense gives him. And – you know, they're driving down the field. And meanwhile, in the Chiefs game, you know, the Chiefs finally get to the point where we're putting the Chargers away. This was – we should talk about the Chiefs' performance of this game. Yeah, It just course. was a weird – it was a weird game. Like, I don't know what it is about the Chargers, but, like, for some reason, when you look back at the, the numbers of all of these the, games – The figures. The numbers. The figures. When you look back at the numbers from these games, like, Patrick Mahomes threw for – 174 yards on 25 mm-hmm. pass attempts and he threw a pick and he threw a second pick, which would have been a pick six that was called back. And he had one touchdown and he rushed for 21 yards on seven attempts. Like Bad the man. numbers. Yeah. It, it just, the numbers are just not there. And we've talked about this before previously on this podcast. I think when we were breaking down the game in Mexico city, but like of all of his passing yardage totals, the chargers are like, I mean, all of his worst games from a yardage perspective are against the Chargers. And yet we put up 31 points. Yeah. You know, I mean, they obviously, they had the turnovers. They turned the ball over twice. We turned it over once, you know, two Phillip Rivers interceptions. It wouldn't be a Chiefs Chargers game. No. Phillip Rivers turning the ball over a couple of times. Going to miss you, Phil. Honey Badger taking it, taking it back. But, um, well, and the other thing was Pat didn't have, there were two straight drives, drives in quotes by the Chiefs that were, one play 104 yard kickoff return and one play 84 yard rushing touchdown. Yes. So there were, those are for his quarterback stats, essentially like turnovers because he give the ball right back to the other team. Yeah. And so, you know, time of possession, the chiefs had the ball 23 minutes in this game and the chargers yeah. had it 36. So there was certainly a big gap there, but unlike earlier in the season when the time of possession gap was because the chiefs couldn't stop anybody running the ball, this was 
two monster plays for touchdowns that the Chiefs had that just kind of, you know, Pat didn't touch the ball once in those two drives. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you pointed out time of possession because I actually had overlooked that when I was looking at this game. I mean, yeah. 24 minutes time of possession to 36. Yeah. And the Chiefs were also outgained by 30 yards, which isn't a huge margin. Um, but then obviously then the turnovers, you know, the Chargers had one extra turnover. But really, I mean, the Chiefs in the end – we're putting this game away. And obviously the, the dagger uh, famously mm. called by Kevin Harlan was Damian Williams second touchdown, which, you know, what a touchdown run by, by Williams. What a throw by Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah. It really was a great play. Uh, I mean, he had, this was sort of a preview, you know, we all are all very familiar with playoff Damian Williams. Mm-hmm. This was a vintage playoff Damian Williams one week early. 12 attempts for 124 yards rushing and two touchdowns with four receptions for 30 yards. I mean, he, he broke obviously the long one and then really fought his way into the end zone on the second touchdown to put the chiefs up 10 in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Bit of a tangent here about Damien real quick. What are you, what are you feeling about his workload going into this year? I mean, going into 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, between he and Clyde, I, I, I mean, you've got to feel like the team's going to go into the season with Damian designated as the guy. But yeah. I just don't know – I don't really know what to expect out of him, I guess. And that's maybe kind of been his whole thing. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I mean, I think especially with them not getting players physically into the building until we're hmm. at Arrowhead for training camp in mm-hmm. a month – um, I mean, you know, Andy, it's weird because, and usually I really hate coaches that are like kind of anti-rookie. Andy is kind of anti-rookie. He's, <laughs> yeah, he he's a little anti-rookie. Like yeah. he likes his veterans. He likes guys that have kind of been around that have learned the system and he does run a pretty complicated offense. So he likes guys that can pick it up. He really likes running backs that can block. And, you know, Damian is fine in that regard. Um, you know, Clyde is, not that Damian's a big guy. Clyde is a little, I mean, he's short, he's stout, but he's short. Um, and he obviously, you know, with the quarterback being Patrick Mahomes, you know, you, you got to be able to block for the MVP. So I don't know. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how they come out of the gate. I mean, I think they'll use both of them. It's been a while since, you know, it's funny because we all remember Kareem Hunt as a rookie but Kareem Hunt was not even going to be the starter. No. Like, as good as he was that no. year, and he turned out to be amazing literally from the very first game. If Spencer <laughs> Ware doesn't get hurt in the last action of the preseason, I think it was preseason game three. Yeah. Uh, his last time on the field before the regular season would have started. He, I mean, Kareem would have been getting, you know, five, RB six. RB2 touches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. On the other hand, you know, Andy also had never taken a running back in the first round before. Uh, and so it, we'll see. I mean, I think they obviously they have a role for him. They have they have something in mind and it'll be fun to see what it is. I wouldn't be terribly surprised. Like, I think they're definitely going to manufacture touches for Clyde, even if he's not the lead back. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he'll week, get the ball. Yeah. Week one, Clyde is going to get the ball on a play that, you know, they worked for him in training camp and yep. he's probably going to bust it for a big touchdown. <laughs> yeah, probably people, people are people's minds are going to be blown. Poor it's Houston. probably going to be, it's probably going to be like 
you know, Kareem in week one against the Patriots in 2017. It's probably going to be, you know, some sneaky little uh, seam route up the middle with the running back and Clyde's just going to bust it, run away from everybody for a long touchdown. Houston, sorry. <laughs> I miss football, man. Yeah, me too. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, we're almost there. You know, we're kind of, we're getting, we're getting over the hump. I mean, yeah. assuming we have football, which fingers crossed, still, still hoping on that. So let's hop back in the time machine. We had just defeated the Chargers and on the greatest sports call of all time with Kevin Harlan. Obviously that's a <laughs> little, yeah. uh, little generous there, but it was fantastic. I mean, Kevin great. He's he incredible. is. And him calling both games was so memorable. I, that will just stick with me for so long. I don't think – I was saying this to you earlier before we recorded. I don't think I remember a play-by-play announcer giving live play-by-play of a simultaneous game. Now, there's been lots of scoreboard watching throughout all of sports history with a lot of people saying, oh, they just posted the score for blank, and oh, they thanks for the update. You know, that's crazy or whatever. But, like, the live action of Fitzpatrick back – he hits Mike Kosicki in the back of the end zone. I mean, you know, the, the he was calling the game. And it just – that's just something that only the GOAT like Kevin Harlan could pull off. And I, I just loved it. Now, I wish before we had gotten on the air – I'm not going to do this right now. Um, maybe I'll have to look this up and tweet about it later. Uh, people look to me sometimes for legal takes. <laughs> I know that Kevin Harlan – probably somewhat jokingly, but I'm not sure how serious he was joked that he was breaking every yes. FCC rule in the book. Yes. That could be why you've never heard it happen yes. before That's a great because point. it could be illegal for him to do that. But uh, the FCC chair actually is a Chiefs fan and exonerated Kevin Harlan after the game on Twitter and said, you know, you're good. Um, but I, there probably is some rule against that. There are government rules against everything, boo government, but that's probably why. But it was such a memorable call, and we talked about this when we drafted, obviously, our non-Pat plays of the year. Um, we kind of talked about this call. It's It was great that it was Kevin Harlan that got it, obviously, with his history with the Chiefs having been you know, with Chiefs Radio before Mitch. I, mean, I think they overlapped for a little bit there, but obviously him having a history calling Chiefs games and having history you know, with Arrowhead back in the 90s. Um, and his, uh, his dad was the GM of the Packers. Is that right? I think, uh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. His dad was, uh, an executive with the Packers in the front office, Bob Harlan. So, you know, um, obviously just his kind of Midwest roots and being an arrowhead and just the understanding of kind of what that moment meant, obviously for the chiefs to get the two seed, he just always, he crushes it, you know, just, uh, it's incredible. The broadcasters like Carlin, like Mitch, that just have an appreciation for the moment and just being able, you know, in real time to kind of process all of that. Um, I'm assuming he was just watching it on a TV screen, you know, in the broadcast booth and calling what was going on on the TV, which is sort of funny to think He's about. He's such a pro. I wish, like, there was video of that, right? Like, uh, you know, a camera inside the broadcast booth to see Kevin Harlan, like, keeping an eye on the TV monitor while he's also watching the field. Just, uh, I mean. Yeah, not just watching the field. He is the live play-by-play voice of, you know, I mean, he's just, that takes a skill of a guy that's been doing it forever and doing it at the highest level. And um, So now, you and I were very aware and are – after the fact now of how important a buy is to the success of a postseason run. Huge. Now we are celebrating, not quite like we won the Super Bowl, but certainly like we are now 
inches away from it. I mean, this was yes. all it took. This was all it took for us to go from crap after a home game. Against, so, because if we had, if the Patriots had not blown that game, we're looking at a home game against the Titans in the first round as the sixth seed. Yep. And then a road matchup with the Patriots if we win or that game. Or a, yeah, yeah, that's right. they would have been the two seed and Baltimore was the one. And so we were right. gone. And to, then and if now, we if the Patriots, a right. road matchup with Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, exactly. So we would have had one home game and two road games just to get to the Super Bowl. And now, thanks to one glorious bearded quarterback, we were looking at two home games to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that road... Well, and we didn't know at the time it was going to uh, be. Correct. <laughs> one home game, one road game is what we were looking at. Turned out even better than that. We'll but talk about that next week, yes, which we are obviously gonna, that was those are gonna fantastic be, as well. Yeah, right. But it just was it was as as big of a deal as any result of a regular season game could be. I mean, it was just uh, the from from realizing that you know, just looking at the path ahead and how much it, everything opened up with that bye week and Andy Reed off the bye week, we knew he was, you know, a magician there. And now, you know, that with the Patriots being a three seed now, which they hadn't been a non top two seed since they missed the playoffs when Brady got hurt. And now with them being a three seed and, and us really considering them, even though Baltimore was the one seed, I think most chiefs fans would have said that the Patriots are the, the, the boogeyman. They're the one yeah. that, you know, if you get past them, all bets are off with everything else. You can go as far as you want after the Patriots have been eliminated. And so with them now having to host a game in the wildcard weekend, which they were not used to at all, and then have to travel for the rest of the, the playoffs unless the one dropped or whatever. But, I mean, it was just a – it was a monumental shift in momentum, and it was something that obviously was good enough to propel the Chiefs all the way. It was a huge moment that obviously – people people made it out to be exactly what it was at the time. I mean, everybody recognized that it was a big, a huge deal for the Chiefs to get the bye um, from the broadcast crew down to the field. I mean, it was just a, such a cool scene at Arrowhead when the fans found out. Yeah. And then for the fans to tell Andy, basically for Andy to find out for the fans that they had the bye. Um, I mean, I just, the, the mic'd up of, you know, Tyreek <laughs> spreading Nicole, the news right? on the sideline, yeah. you know, like the, the Dolphins just scored, they win and they win in man. Mm. And then everybody just jumping up and down just, it was, it was cool. I mean, like that, that was, like you said, I mean, it was as big a regular season win as you can have. And now here we are at the end of week 17, we've recapped all of the previous regular season games. You know, we, we've talked about each of them in the moment, you know, the, the comeback, uh, obviously, against the Lions. You know, the Patriots game coming down to a fourth and goal stand. You know, Breland tipping the ball away from Edelman. Just all those little moments in the course of the season. Um, and at the end of the day, the Chiefs got what they needed to get, which was the playoff bye. And you mentioned, obviously, the rest factor. But I'll tell you, uh, I wanted to say that I didn't care if we played Tennessee in the first round. But I didn't really want to play Tennessee in the first round. I didn't really. I w- preferred to host either the Texans or the Buffalo, Bills, right? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to New England or Tennessee, yeah. which were our other options, had things broken kind of the other way. And Tennessee, obviously, we'll talk about their performance next week. You know, when we get into the playoffs, we'll we'll talk about all the other playoff games too, because obviously, you know, those had implications for the Chiefs. 
but avoiding the Tennessee, you know, Tennessee was the last team that beat us. So, mm-hmm. and the last team that, you know, we already talked about the Titans playoff loss. We don't need to go into that anymore, but just, it was good to not have to play them in the first round of the playoffs. I was totally fine with that. And their team was built kind of to stop the chiefs. I yeah. mean, the, you know, Tennessee was the run, the run team. And of all the teams you don't want to play in the playoffs as the chiefs, which, you know, they did fine against those teams. Obviously they did fine against Tennessee, fine against San Francisco, but they, the, you know, the way you're supposed to buy the book, defeat the chiefs is to hold on to the ball to bleed yep. the clock. And, and that was Derek Henry, even at this point was just slaying people left and right. And he was probably the hottest individual player, maybe not named Lamar going into the playoffs. You know, it was, it was uh, for sure. We would have rather faced a team like Houston, which we got, but what a way to end the regular season. What a way to go into the playoffs. What a way to cap off a season where you lose your MVP quarterback and you still end up at 12 and four with the bye. I mean, it just, it was, it was such a testament to the coaching and to the talent around Patrick Mahomes. This was not a one man show. This was very much a division champion team. And I just, you know, the, the postseason is what we will remember. That's what we will, what will stick in our minds 20 years from now when we think back to the Super Bowl winning squad is the three comebacks in the postseason. But the regular season was a freaking adventure, man. I mean, this was, was, this was a wild, wild Hollywood ride. And, you know, fortunately we get to recap it because it has a happy ending. That's exactly right. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate your support. We appreciate everybody who uh, used our code with our sponsor Manscaped. We do have that as a permanent thing. So get used to that ad read. Sorry. Uh, but continue to support us and continue to support them for supporting us. We appreciate that. If you do have questions, like we mentioned earlier, you're always free to slide on into our DMS with any questions. Uh, yeah, right. I'm happily married, but Taylor's <laughs> DMS are open ladies. Uh, and we appreciate Tyler for his question this week. Uh, certainly feel free to just add us or shoot us a DM. It helps us get through this month of the year where we're without football next month, Taylor, next time we record, it's going to be July and we're going to be looking at the month when football returns till then we will see you next time.